If you're listening to this, it means that you're listening to the members preview. And if you hear something off, like it's almost as if we're picking up in the middle of the conversation, that's because, well, we are. Because the first part of the conversation cannot be broadcast publicly, so we have to make sure it stays private. So we're picking up in the middle of the episode with the Boonville Dogman story. Friends, it's a good one either way, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's go. Merkel Media. If it's true that what you've been told as far as the Red Room and things like that, and then you take the idea of cat and the idea of being a venue for sacrifice, like a, a sacrifice, like a sacrifice factory. Yes, exactly. Like a sacrifice factory. Yep. You put in your order, you get your sacrifice. Yeah. Because it's like it to me, it's a plausible thought. Yeah. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me, and they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Welcome to episode 473, members exclusive. Well, friends, let me tell you something. We have a great show coming up here today because we have Emmett, the return of Emmett from episode 387, Hunter Encounters Dogman. He came on and shared his experience from Vermont. And then in the overtime, we actually named the overtime something different because it was that good of an interview. He told his story about the demon boy in his Christian kids camp that he was a counselor at. Friends, I'm telling you, that story alone was a top three episode of all time. That overtime was one of the best stories we've ever had on The Confessionals. And Emmett comes to visit me here in Knoxville, Tennessee, to come in studio with me to share more stories because he was told a story about a dog man from a co-worker. They kind of swapped dog man stories and his friend's dog man story was absolutely crazy, but also eerily similar to Emmett's. And then Emmett goes 
into this satanic sacrifice cover-up out of the state of Arkansas. He tells us everything that he thinks he knows about this whole situation, and then he wraps things up with his very, very lucid dream of Dogman that actually seems like it could have been a warning to Emmett. So let's get to Emmett in this in-studio exclusive, the return of Emmett from 387, right after I play this trailer that was from the original episode. I pulled this from the archives, and I want you guys to hear and kind of jog your memories to the Demon Boy overtime that we did months ago, not even months ago, years ago. This was one of the all-time great stories. Episode 387, Overtime, Demon Boy. Growing up, I went to a summer camp almost every year from the time I was like 10 years old. And as time goes on, you get out of the camping age. And at that point, you I was able to go on to be um, like, they call it teen service at that camp, where you kind of go, you help out, clean dishes, wash things, clean stuff, you know. Um, and then after that, I got to be a counselor. And camp for me was always fun. It was always great. And for the years I worked there, it was great too. But this story, man, is something else. And so we had a kid in our cabin. His name was Zachary. Zachary, Zachary, Zachary. So we're sitting in our cabin. We're getting ready to go to pool time. Zachary comes over. He's like, what's a sorcerer? And I was like, well, you know, it kind of depends in what the context is. Like, if we're talking like Harry Potter, that's one thing. But are you And Zachary looks up at him. He's like, well, I was just wondering, could the sorcerer summon demons? If someone was a sorcerer, how would they be able to get, like, the demons to, like, talk to them and stuff? Um, that day they packed us a like picnic lunch right and so they had enough food for the kids to have like some carrots and pb and j and stuff and i'm handing out the the carrots and zachary's there and i put some carrots on his plate and he's like i want some more carrots i was like well buddy go ahead finish what you got when you're done i'll give you more you know he's like i want more carrots now and so we go throughout lunch and I look over and Zachary hasn't touched a single carrot there. And I woke up like, Zach, listen, you got to finish those carrots, buddy. You asked for them. You took them. You got to finish them. He looks at me. He's like, no, I don't want to finish the carrots. The day goes on. He misses pool time. We get to dinner. I'm standing in line and I'm behind this kid. And he looks over and there the you know the lunch lady is handing out the uh, uh, macaroni salad. And she gives him a scoop of salad. And he looks back at me. He looks at her and says, I want another scoop. And I was like, whoa, Zach, listen, we just went through this. Let's not let's not do this again. Okay. Let's take one scoop. And he's like, I want another scoop. I'm like, listen, if you take a scoop and you don't eat it, you're not gonna have dessert. We're eating, and I look over, and the kid hasn't touched a single bite of macaroni salad. And I'm like, Zachary, 
come on. Gotta eat the salad, man. And he's looking down his plate. He's like, I don't feel like it. And Josh looks over like, Zachary, you gotta eat your salad. And he looks down. He's like, I don't want to. I look up. I'm like, Zachary, eat your macaroni salad. Okay. He looks up. He looks at Justin. He looks at me. He just goes, no. And right then, I blacked out. The day continues. The kids are just going nuts. And uh, it was just, man, at that point, we were just ready for this week to be over. It was just bad. And Zachary was like the ringleader and all. Like he, uh, if like we told the kids, all right, guys, we're going to go do this activity. He'd be like, none of us want to do that. Right, kids? And the kids would be like, well, I guess so. Or, you know, just they, they follow after what he was doing. At the end of the day on Friday, what we would do is before we would go to dinner and then afterwards, after dinner, they go to like the awards ceremony, we'd all clean the cabin together. Each kid would have to clean his area, clean up his bedding, get everything packed, sweep the floor, stuff like that. And no one was doing anything. And Zachary's sitting up on his bed. He's sitting up there. He's got his legs crossed and he looks around. All the kids doing stuff. He's like, everybody, come around me. All the kids just stopped. And when they sat on the floor around his bunk in a little like horseshoe around it, he says, God has shown me that we have not been obedient this week. He's shown me that we need to be more respectful. Now, I was saying this, there was this little kid in the group. His name was Kyle. And he leans down and he's laying on his back on the floor with his legs crossed. So he's just flat out on the floor. And Zachary goes, Kyle, sit up. And Kyle goes, I don't want to. Zachary points at him and says, Kyle, sit. And I saw that kid just shoot straight up. And Zachary goes, all right, guys, now let's clean this cabin. And the kids all go, yay. And it was like, it's like something out of a Disney movie, man. These kids like pick up their brooms and they're sweeping away and they're tucking their beds and they're folding their clothes and everything. And he's looking around and he's giving them little directions like, all right, Nate, go ahead and sweep that corner. And he goes, okay, Zach. And me and Josh were just looking at like, what's going on? Like we told these kids to clean. They weren't doing a thing. Now you have this little like eight year old tell them to clean. They're hopping right to it. And he's like, Nathan, sweep over there. Hey, Matthew, go ahead and roll up that sleeping bag. You got it, buddy. He's walking around. He's, or he's sitting up there giving everyone instruction. And he looks over and in the bunk next to mine was that day camper right? The one who would stay overnight with his mom. And Zachary looks at him and he goes, Hey, you need to, you need to clean. And Ethan looks at him and is like, I don't want to clean. Zachary says, Ethan, I told you to clean. And right then I'm like, Oh, okay. Hold on, Zachary. And I stand up. Zachary looks at Ethan. He looks at me and he smiles points at Ethan and just yells kill him all the kids drop their brooms drop what they're doing and just start going 
And they rush Ethan. So, uh, I think uh, if any one of you guys remember back in on episode 387, I gave two Dogman stories. One of them was my own. Uh, the other one was from a guy that I work with. And I used to work night shifts, uh, long 12-hour shifts. You get talking when you get bored because you got to stay awake, you know? And um, some people knew that I was into some of this stuff. But it was always kind of whenever I meet someone new and I want to get it out of the way, you know, that I'm that that guy Weird. you know what i mean yes i always start off with you know have you seen a dogman or do you know what that is just to you know test the water i remember you telling me that before yeah exactly um so one day i was that i was listening to um a dogman story that happened in this town in arkansas called boonville uh crazy crazy story um but that story always had always stuck in my mind as one of the first ones i ever heard and um, I was talking with the guy at work. He was in the military for a bit, and there is a base right near Boonville. Um, gosh, I forget what it's called. Anyways, y- you can look it up if you want to. So uh, he was talking about when they used to do stuff on base uh, that they would, you know, go and do stuff in Boonville. And I looked at him. I'm like, hey, you know, there's Dogman in Boonville. And he looks at me. Right. And I've never talked to him about the subject at all. Never. He looks at me and goes, Oh, I know. Like, (laughs) not the answer you expected. You do? He's like, Yeah. I'm like, Have you seen one? He says, Yep. I'm like, Can you tell me about it? He's like, Absolutely not. And I look at him. I say, I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. And his eyes went wide. He's like, Have you seen one too? I was like, Yeah. So I told him the story about when I was hunting up in Vermont and what I saw there. And uh, proceeded to tell me his story. So um, south of Boonville, uh, there's this area where him and his buddies would go camping for the weekend. And um, they would go out and do like some four-wheeling in this wooded area. And it was was pretty secluded. He said that you have to drive out a few miles into the woods to get to where this camp is, right? And he said that um, they were there for a few days, that there was um, some weird stuff going on around camp, like weird noises they hear in the night. But almost any time I've learned, whenever you talk about weird noises at night in Arkansas, they're always going to say, or most times they'll say it's a big cat, you know, like a mountain lion or something, because they do make some strange noises, you know. Um, But they were were a little spooked, but they didn't let it ruin their weekend. so him and two other guys went out four-wheeling. They're going out deep into the woods on some trails, and uh, they pulled over because they needed to take a leak. And so he's out there, you know, he's doing his thing, and there's two other guys a little, a few yards down doing the same. And he said he's taking a leak, and he looks over, and about 10 yards to the right of him, he sees something itching its back on a tree rubbing its shoulders on a tree and he said at first he thought it was a brown bear because it was he said it was chocolate milk brown and it looked the color looked like like yogi bear almost like it was it looked like almost like a cartoon to him it, it was like so out of place in the forest and he's looking at this thing like 
it, rolling his shoulders on the back of this tree and it's sticking it's sticking its head up and he sees this uh, a snout on it and he said that it was very pronounced that it looked like um like a baby german shepherd's face and but still he's thinking holy crap we're standing you know 10 yards from a bear until he said he saw the thing crouch forward and that's when he saw the arms come down and he said that the arms were just jacked he said you could see the uh the the deltoids and the triceps and you could see all the muscles like underneath the fur and that the fur wasn't like a shaggy fur it was like close to the um to the skin so you could still see the muscles through it he said he saw the thing crouch down it looked around for a second and it jumped and he said it jumped clear up at least like 10 to 15 feet onto the bottom limb of an oak tree and he said it grabbed onto the limb pulled itself up onto the oak tree and like nestled itself next to the um next to the trunk of the tree and started sniffing and looking around the two guys with him saw the thing jump and they're all now just freaked out because they, I think that he said the same thing that they thought it was a bear until they saw the leap. And, you know, with, with the dog man that he saw, like you could see the, the body of it. It wasn't, you know, some fat, lazy bear. You could see the, the spring and the jump from its legs. You could see it grab onto the, the branch and pull itself up. And he said that they looked at the thing and he, he had no doubt in his mind that it knew that they were there but it just wasn't acknowledging them because he could see it sniffing around. And he said that like, sometimes he could see it like glance down and then shift its eyes away from where they were. And the reason why my story stuck with him and like, well, yeah, resonated, uh, there's a lot of similarities well, yeah, is that he saw it do the same thing. He saw it do the tree to tree to yep. tree away. Really? He said that this one, it looked, it looked like the Tarzan movie where it was like jumping branch to branch to branch away down into the swamp area that was like down the, uh, the ridge from where they were. Wow. And I remember telling him that he told me that story and I was like, dude, like what, what do you think about that? And he said that it explains something else that he had seen because he used to, um, he used to do work up in this. This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.